The passage that uh, we're going to begin with is out of Luke, chapter 2, beginning at verse 1. In those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register, so Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth and Galilee to Judea to Bethlehem to the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloth and placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. Today, in the town of David, the Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloth, lying in a manger. And suddenly a great company of the heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. And that today we're going to talk about Jesus, that Jesus reconciled, that Jesus came and he reconciled us. He's a bridge between us and God, but also that he came to the unsuspecting, the unqualified, and the undeserving. He was sent for all people. All people. He was sent for each of us to reconcile this world of ours to him. So I hope that over the course of the next four weeks that we'll realize and claim our part. Do you know that you have a part in the redemption story, that that's a part of your story, that you've been weaved into the fabric of, of the story that God started back with Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, and we are grafted into the vine and a part of a magnificent story that's been told uh, forever. Let me start with this. I, you know, this, this week I, um, I, I needed some tires. So I went to Kaufman Tire Store. Anybody know why? To get tires. Also, the Falcon scored in three or four points. It was 120 bucks off, and I just figured they'd get any better than that. I was on the table. So I went down there, and Kit was off the Alabama somewhere. So, so I, I left the, the car there, and for some random reason, it was cold and it was blustery, and, but I decided to walk from Kaufman, and it was about three or four miles to the house. About a little over halfway home, the guy I hear a guy say, Hey, you want a ride? The gentleman had pulled over in the center of the road. And um, I looked over and I, and I, and I said, Hey, I saw him. It's Charlie Tanksley. Now, Charlie is someone that, uh, when I was at Sugarloaf, we were in groups together and close these recovering guys, so we had a lot in common. And, and uh, so he, I, I got the car and I went with him and we started talking. The other thing about Charlie is that I've been wanting to talk to him for a while because he was diagnosed with esophageal cancer about six months ago. And 
I knew that he had been through a rough time, and so um, I, he'd been in my mind off and on for the past few months. And so he, he happened to show up at the exact time that I was walking from Coffin Tire to the house. And so we had a conversation. And we were talking about how things were going and, and what was going on in his life and, and how, you know, how he was doing. And, and it turns out that he had just, uh, uh, a week before, he had three months clear of the cancer. And we got to talking about what do you do when things happen in your life? And where is God in the midst of that? See, Charlie was, had always been, been pretty active, and Charlie's the kind of guy, you know, Jerry Brown's not here, right? Um, Charlie always had a story about everything. Always. <laughs> Usually funny, but not always. So, so, so Charlie, Charlie's that kind of guy. And so we were talking about, okay, what, is, what, what do you think, where's God in the midst of this, right? Because cancer's not, many of you have experienced this, cancer personally or cancer uh, of those around you. And where is God in the midst of all of, all of that? And what, and, and what Charlie was wrestling with, looking at, where is God, where does God want me to do with this? And so he, he and his wife, had had a, a, a really a good experience. Um, Charlie was going is attends Rising Church, and when he was sick, they picked up the mantle and they were delivering meals and they were kind of supporting him. In fact, Charlie is a handyman; he works like you know he's his own business, so he's had a lot of support from church folks to keep him on his feet because uh, he hasn't been able to work. But one of the women from the church went to his house to bring a meal and. His wife one day just told me the story, and she, she says, why are you doing this? You don't know me. You don't. Why would you do bring me a meal? Because this didn't make any sense to her. And the lady said something very profound. She said, no, I don't, I don't need to know you. There's a need. There's a need here. That's why we're here. But even beyond that, it moved her to a, to a place where they're looking at starting a ministry. They're in touch with folks who are battling on the front end of battling esophageal cancer, and they're working together with folks who are going through a similar thing. Because Charlie doesn't want this thing to just be over here and just be this thing that I went through. He wants it to have an impact for others in his life. Now, most of y'all know that I'm a recovering person, and it really brought back to me the core of who I am and what I'm called to in ministry. See, there, there are folks in that I need to be administered, and there are folks that I need to be evaluated where I am so that I can begin that process in my journey to get back to what that original call is for me and what does that look like. So we'll probably hear more about that as we go forward. I know that, I know that God will use, just as he's using Charlie already, and he used my story, he will use your story. Your story is important in the scheme of this, this picture that God has painted of, of the body of Christ, that, that you have a place. <clears throat> Christ came, it's not because we deserve it, it's not that we're qualified, my goodness. Every person in here has a story that God wants to use and will use if we'll let it. What's your story? Where does he want to send you 
What does he want to send you in ministry? He's not a place for you. God a place for you. <coughs> I found it really interesting all the things that had to come together. I had to have a random thought to go get tired. The Falcons had to score at least three times because I wasn't going to go up there just twice. It's 40 bucks a, a, a quarter, by the way, so that's 120 bucks off. So, you know. That had to happen. For some reason, I had this thought on a cold day to go for a walk. And not only that, Charlie happened to be driving down the road that I was walking along at the time that I was walking <coughs> along. He had to see me and recognize me. All of these things had to come together. All of these things had to come together in order for us to meet and for God to do what he did that day. I had to be willing to put myself in a circumstance that was not the norm, and God used that. And he will do that in your life. There were shepherds, not just years ago, there were shepherds. They were living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over the flocks at night. Angel of the Lord appeared to them, the glory of the Lord shone around them. Think about that. So the shepherds are out in the fields, tending sheep, and suddenly the angel of the Lord appeared before them. In the, in, the, in the series we talked about this morning, so this is about the third shift workers, right? So these are, these are the, this is the overnight shift. These are the shepherds that are working overnight. So in order to bring it from, from, from Bethlehem to, to Gold Spring, it was like Waffle House workers, right? So, so the angel of the Lord appeared at Waffle House and said, Behold, I bear great news. So let's say one of the Waffle House workers came up to you. David, you're not going to believe it. I was, I was cooking last night. And the angel of the Lord came and he said the Messiah had come. <laughs> <laughs> come on! <laughs> Think about those shepherds though. Isn't that what we're talking about? We're talking about an angel of the Lord appeared to shepherds and then they went and they proclaimed well, that the, the, the Messiah had come. And it's easy for us because we know the story. Take yourself out of that and he wanted the body changes, right? It's like, uh-uh. Something wrong with that angel of the Lord. Okay, what you been drinking? That's not right. And yet they were obedient. And they went in. See, Jesus has this habit of appearing where we least expect him to. The first people who got the news about the Messiah? A bunch of shepherds in the field, a bunch of Waffle House guys. God wanted them to know that the good news was for them. Not just for the Pharisees and Sadducees and the church folks of that time, but for all people. Have you ever considered? Because you have the shepherds who got the news, and the others are the magi who came from, from, from Persia, the area around in the Middle East. So you have Jewish shepherds, and you have Gentile magi at the birth of Christ. From the beginning, I believe that, that God wanted to bring Jews and Gentiles together. We see that in Scripture afterwards, but it begins 
as the verge of Jesus. He reconciled. Worlds that didn't belong together. Paul tells us there are the, there's two kinds of people. There's the chosen people and the unchosen people. There's the Jews and there's the Gentiles. We don't fit. God says, not anymore. I reconcile you to me and to one another. There's a woman whose father had died when she was about eight and her mother raised her. She decided to become a nun and she got involved in this convent. One day as she brought her train to the retreat, Jesus asked her to abandon her teaching, which she was qualified for, and to go to minister in the slums of the city where she lived, which she was distinctly not qualified for. And it took her 18 months in fact to convince her supervisors to let her go. But then she began working in the slums of Calcutta. Very little medical training, very little of anything, very little fun. She should not have been successful. But we kind of all know who she is with her blue and white sari and that became world famous. It was Mother Teresa ministering in Calcutta from that start. She didn't have any right to be successful. She didn't have the right training. She didn't have any of that stuff. But she went and God used her. She had an impact beyond her qualifications, beyond her experience. In miraculous ways, she made a difference in the world. The shepherds were not chosen because they met a certain criteria, they were holier than somebody else, or they had lived up to a standard, and they didn't. God picked them anyway. And I hope that you can find hope in that, because I do. God picked them anyway. They, they were as undeserving as we are, they were as unqualified as we are to receive this news to change the world. There were people in need back then. This is where people in need now. They were desperate for help. A lot like we are. And Jesus came to reconcile us to God and reconcile us to each other. And Jesus' purpose was to restore what once had been that, that relationship, a close relationship between God and us as people. All the people in this too were longing for it. You and I long for it. I, I know I am anyway. I want that relationship. Zechariah and Elizabeth, in, in Luke chapter 1, I'm not going to read that to you, but they had a longing for a child. They were getting older. They, they were barren. And, and Zechariah was a priest, and so he was doing his usual priestly thing. He went into the temple, and an angel appeared to him, told him, hey, you're going to have a kid, and he doubted, and so the angel caused him not to be able to speak. And then Elizabeth, who was, who was too old to have kids, but this is, these are the parents of John the Baptist. Just months before him. They had a longing to, to do and be about the work of God. Zechariah was a priest. He wanted to be about the work of God. He was about the work of God, but even then he had that. And yet God used him in powerful ways to prepare the way for, for Jesus himself when John the Baptist was in the book. So what do you long for? What is, it, what is it that's in your heart? What is, what is it that drives you? What is it that pulls in? We're entering into Advent. It's the time of year when we remember that God came into the world to, to, to save us, to provide us with a path to reconcile us to Him. What is it that needs to be reconciled in your life? When you might want a new iPhone for, for Christmas or, or iPad or whatever, 
You may want that kind of thing. So what is? You allow God to help you pay attention to things that are a little bit deeper. Not the things on the surface, but the things below the surface. God sent Jesus as a baby in the manger. He was a man well, which means God with us. Just as God was with the shepherds, God is with you, and God is with me today. We're going to close. And as always, the altar is open for prayer. If there's something you need to leave here, I encourage you to come on us and leave. You don't need to walk out of here with it. You just need prayer. Give you a moment of prayer. Feel free. This is your time.